0: Welcome to the Fairview Advantage Podcast, the official podcast of the Fairview Park City School District. The Fairview Advantage Podcast takes a closer look at the students, teachers, staff, and programs that make up our school community. We've got unique stories to share, highlighting creativity, innovation, collaboration, and leadership, all part of the Fairview Advantage, our framework for student success. To learn more about us, visit our website at fairviewparkschools.org or find us on social media today. And now here's this week's episode.
1: Thank you for joining us on the Fairview Advantage podcast. My name is Dan Rakovich. I'm the communications and marketing coordinator. Here at the Fairview Park City Schools, and today I am with uh, Diana Hill, our Food Services Director here in Fairview Park, and Allison Guzik from the Farm. To, she's the Farm to School Coordinator with the Cuyahoga County Board of Health, and today we're going to be talking about National Farm to School Month, which is during the month of October. So, thank you both very much for joining me today.
2: Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you.
1: So, it's just some stats here from the National uh, Farm to School Network website. Uh, just to kind of introduce it to everybody, what Farm to School Month is. The uh, from their website, the Farm to School uh, enriches the connection communities have with fresh, healthy food and local food producers by changing food purchasing and education practices at schools and early care and education sites. The goal of the National Farm to School Month is to increase access to healthy local foods while increasing engagement and education of farm to school practices and healthy eating. So some interesting stats here on their website, right? Over 67,000 schools nationwide participate in farm to school programming with 42.8 million students engaged in programming, which is pretty neat. And over $1.26 billion has been spent on local food because of the initiatives with over 20,000 National Farm to School Network members. So, having said all that, uh, we celebrate, the Fairview Park Schools celebrates National Farm to School Month each uh, each year. So, for each of you, kind of what does National Farm to School Month mean for you?
3: Okay, so... Um National Farm to School Month, it's a month full of celebrating the connection of local food to kids. Um, But it's really great because, yes, October is National Farm to School Month, and it's amazing to celebrate all month. But, you know, we can also celebrate all year. So Farm to School, um, it's very flexible. Um, It can range from local food in your uh, school lunch menus to uh, school gardens and agriculture education. So um, it's It's really an awesome um, thing to be able to do in the schools. Um, This year, the theme is Rooted in Community, Stronger Together. So uh, what that means is farm to school, it takes a village of people to make it successful um, and to make the food system a more nourishing, abundant and equitable Um, food system so it takes the parents it takes the teachers students food service staff farmers and decision makers and many more people to um, make it successful and I I just think that's really awesome that we can do that you know especially in October but all year round too
2: for sure Um, we like to celebrate um, national school uh, farm to school month in our cafeteria Um, I'm a big advocate of supporting the local farmers. Um, I grew up in an area where there was a local farm that I still buy produce from. And um, I just love to serve the children and the staff fresh fruits and vegetables any chance I can get. Um, So we do have salad bars at our elementary school and also a salad bar at our middle school, high school.
1: So... What kind of educational programs, I guess, have we at the Fairview Park Schools uh, offered over the years in response to Farm to School Month? And have we done anything this year or are we planning to do stuff uh, coming up here?
2: Um, Yes, we are planning on doing something next month. We're going to be doing a taste test with Allison and um, Feed Our Future and... We In the past, um, I had a local farmer come into the second grade class, and he brought a variety of different vegetables, lettuce and fruits, and he explained all the products to them. And then we had the students make a salad um, and do some taste testing. Um, we also have done uh, Adopt a Cow program with one of the teachers last year, and that was a great little educational that they got to see the cow they adopted. Um, there was education materials on that. So that was one way of bringing, you know, the extension of farm to school to the classroom.
1: And how about like regionally, or you know, in the Cleveland area, or Cuyahoga County? Is that kind of in line with what other schools are doing?
3: Yeah. So um, feed our future. Right now, we do feed our future is the program at the Board of Health that I work with, and then we help with farm to school efforts. So a really big thing that we're doing now is our totally tasty taste test events. So that's what Diana was talking about next month. Hopefully, we'll I'll be coming here to do a taste test. Um, so those have been re- super successful. The students love it. They get to try something that they maybe never have tried, um, a local food item to be specific. Um, like this month, they had apples all month because that's what's really in season right now. In September, we did um, local tomatoes. And it's just been so awesome to see the students, you know, not necessarily like tomatoes, but they still gave it a try. And then at the end of it, they ended up loving them. Um So doing that and seeing that has been really awesome and also connecting kids to where their food comes from. Um, A lot of students think their hamburgers come from McDonald's or that their fruits and vegetables come from a grocery store. So being able to connect students with the foods where they actually come from and educate them about that um, has been great.
1: I'm going to go on record and say, I still don't like tomatoes, but, uh, you know, we're getting there Yeah, 40 plus, you know, See. we're still taste testing and, yep, yep. and, you know, the cherry tomatoes are pretty good, but the bigger tomatoes, mm,
3: not it yet. Not yet. Well, you'll have to go to a taste test. Maybe your there you mind go. will be changed. I,
1: I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to show up.
3: Yeah. You're going to show up next month.
1: Absolutely. Are we doing tomatoes? <laughs>
2: We're going to try, okay. for sure. Yep, well, We're going to have I'll a variety. Game face, Maybe then. your mind will be changed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I know our students also like go to uh, Red Wagon Farm, which is like where I grew up and my friends own that farm. And I know some of our students take a field trip there. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome that they get to see the farm right there firsthand. That's only 20 minutes away. And they have so many different other activities there with the families. So they can go there and go to the market and see all the fresh produce.
3: Yeah. And we even um, also have farmers come into the school sometimes as well and do like an in-school field trip. Um, So that's really nice, too. Some schools you know, can't go out to the actual farm. Mm -hmm. So they bring the farmer there and then that's a cool way to show kids, Hey, this is who grows your food. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we did that with with
2: red basket farms. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, in terms of uh, the taste testing part of it, right. and Enjoying uh, produce no matter what, right. is sometimes an acquired taste, but in terms of the nutrition value, how, how important is it for kids and families to get that education about, nutrition and and getting the fruits and vegetables you need each day?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, with the produce being so local and so close, you keep that nutritional value still in the food item rather than if you got it from thousands of miles away. Um, But on the point on your point with nutrition education, um, instilling these behaviors into students at a really young age, we want to do that because We want them to know, you know, we want them to know about where their fruits and vegetables are coming, like I've said, but then also growing their habits for wanting these fruits and vegetables and going for them instead of a bag of chips or cookies um, and kind of building those habits around choosing those food items and learning about them, too, and learning about agriculture and how plants grow and the Scientology, the science behind that and Um, You can even apply it to math and literature. So there's a lot of ways to integrate um, farm to school into education. Um, Yeah, multiple levels. Mm
2: -hmm. We've done a lot of with – sometimes we do it with the older students, but I'll get the fresh corn in, and they love the fresh corn on the cob. And we've gotten Brussels sprouts in and asparagus, and we've roasted that, and they've just – loved it so much and the sweet potatoes as well they really enjoyed that but I had a student we had fresh pineapple and they were like we don't never had pineapple and I go well just try it for me they went out and they took a bite and they're like this is really sweet and so that was kind of neat that you know second or third grader have never had pineapple
3: right
1: you know Is this something that's only kind of at the elementary level, too? Or is this something we do at middle school, high school levels, too? I mean, both in the county, I guess, and here in Fairview Park?
2: Um, We mostly start um, at the elementary school because we like to start them young. Um, We have done taste testing with uh, Cleveland Ketchup. Um, They are from Fairview. So we did taste tests of all of her local ketchups, and we had a burger day, and they got to try things like that. Um, so that was exciting for them.
3: Yeah, um, right now um, our program Feed Our Future is K-12, through so yes, we definitely want to engage the middle and high school level students. Um, Right now with our taste test specifically, it's been more elementary schools. That's not to say that we won't do middle or high school. I would love to get into middle and high schools, Um, but in the future, we definitely want to get more youth engagement with that age level um, because at that point, your, your peers are really influential there. So if we can get a core group of students that can promote healthy eating and farm to school and, um, you know, purchasing local or eating local more, um, I think that is really beneficial. So that's definitely something we want to focus on in the near future.
1: So you must be pretty busy then, because judging by the numbers, right, that I gave at the very beginning about the how many schools are involved. Right. I'm assuming a lot of schools in Cuyahoga County uh, do the farm to school and do the feed our future. Right. And so you're probably.
3: Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah we're busy. Um, we also we partner with Ohio Schools Council, which is, oh, I want to say, 36 or 37 counties in northeast Ohio. Don't quote me. I could be give or take. Um, so we can work with all those schools. Um. And we have been, I mean, but there's still so many schools that can still do it or can purchase more if they want um, and showcase more local on their uh, menus. So, yes, I'm busy, but not too busy. You know, I always want more schools to buy local, more students to eat it. So
1: So the next question is, is that who are some of the local farms? You already mentioned a couple here, Diana, but uh, do we have some other local farms and businesses that we've partnered with? Over the years, besides Cleveland Ketchup and and Red Wagon and Farm, Red Wagon,
2: mm-hmm. um, Red Basket Farms was my first um, farm in 2015. That was the first time I ever brought farmed school into the school. Um, and Floyd was a great guy. He lived an hour away, and he no minimum orders. He would just was excited that his school was you know ordering, and we did um, all kinds of stuff from his farm. Um, We also have partnered with Corey Hill. We've gotten lots of apples and peaches from Corey Hill. And I know a lot of families have gone out there and picked apples. Um, We are partnered with Bauman right now, Mm -hmm. orchards. And then there's um, a lot of produce that we get from Creation Gardens and our DOD program that are farms within a hundred mile radius. And it's not just the fresh fruits and vegetables. We also get the shag bark chips that we serve on our menu. Um, those are like nachos, and we serve our pork carnitas mm-hmm. over that, and sometimes our regular beef um, tacos.
1: I have never heard of that term before, so thanks thanks for explaining that. Um,
2: <laughs> they are in Athens, Ohio. Athens, Athens, mm-hmm. Athens Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's shag bark seed and mill.
1: Great. Great. Um, What's been some of the feedback from our families and our staff here in Fairview Park? And then I guess, you know, again, kind of at the regional level, obviously people want to eat fresh food and they want to have their children eat nutritious meals but has the feedback been pretty positive overall would you say
2: yeah that's a great question um yes um especially during covid um it really gave the families a chance to see the kind of lunches and breakfasts that we put out Um, we're obviously at home but food service still worked and It was probably the busiest that our food service department has ever been. We came to work every day. We packed up meals for the whole district, um, five breakfasts, five lunches, with all the components that they needed, the fruit, the vegetable, the grain. And um, we would have the parents either pick that up, or we also delivered them on school buses, because it helped our school bus transportation department stay um, working. And we would drop them off just like, Doordash, and um, the kids would wait at the door and wait for those bags to come. And I got a lot of great feedback from the parents picking those meals up, or just emails, or when we got to the house, is because um, I was on the route as well, saying that they just couldn't believe the fresh fruits and vegetables that were delivered with the meals, and um, their kids loved it. And where did I purchase chicken sandwich at Because that's the sandwich that the children love or anything like that. So it was it was rewarding, um, during that time.
3: Yeah, so see that sense of community coming back with Farm to School and how it's so important. But um for us, uh like I'm I'm going back to these taste tests, but they've just been so eye opening. So we did the Shag Bark chips and salsa a few times and the students just rave about them. I had one student say he wanted a lifetime supply. I had other students say, um, "Can you come in every day?" Like they thought I was this like magical creature bringing them these delicious chips. I'm like, well, they come from close to home and they're healthy and you know they're great. So. Um I've done about I've done taste tests throughout September and October. I've done about 1500 samples of what I've had, so ranging from the shag bark chips and salsa to um, apples and tomatoes, like I said, and 90% of the students um, voted that they loved it. Um, we do a three-tier loved it liked it, not for me. And like I said, it's been an overwhelming amount of loved it votes. So, And then I also collect, like, quotes from the students. And like I said with the tomatoes, I don't like it, but I want to try it. So, I mean, super positive feedback from that. Um, You can tell if you look at our social media, we post about all the taste tests. And you can tell on this, you know, with the smile on their faces how much they really love um, these items. So
1: So I I just, I guess from what I know, and I don't know much, but... um, how does providing more opportunities for local produce help areas that maybe are kind of food deserts, right? Urban areas, some rural areas that maybe don't have uh, regular access to fresh fruits and vegetables all the time. Does this farm to school kind of help, help, you know, bring those communities together closer to to fresh fruits and vegetables?
3: Yeah, definitely. So um, we focus on small and medium sized farms, um, not the huge, you know, industry farms. So there's tons of small farms everywhere in Ohio. Um, I mean, I think we're really lucky with the farmland that we do have and this harvest season that we're actually in now. Um, it's perfect for the beginning of the school year. So um, like I said, we um, through a bid. We add all of our um, small and medium-sized farmers together and we try to make it as easy as possible for the schools to purchase from those farms. So we want to saturate the supply chain with all of these small and local, uh, small and medium local farmers and really create a large marketplace for the schools. So, I mean, like I said, there's so many farms that people might not even know about yet um, that have the capacity to put their food into schools and then they're not wasting it, they're not throwing it away. Um, So um, I think that by doing this and by creating a larger marketplace, schools do have, you know, more local options to choose choose from. Mm-hmm.
2: And a lot of uh, schools have been uh, starting their own um, uh, little gardens at mm-hmm. their school, yep. tower gardens, um, different things like that. Um, I know Bob Gorman, yep. they sent, like, seeds home. Um, In the summer, during their summer pickup, that the kids could plant their own tomatoes. And that's really fun. I feel if they, you know, grow it, they're going to want to eat it. Yep. And um, I actually got some potato bags. And so we're going to start with some teachers growing potatoes in their classrooms. Oh,
3: that's awesome. Because then you can do that during the winter, the winter months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's another big thing is the school gardens. Um, And like you said, Bob. Um, with Cleveland Metropolitan School District, um, they did a lot with the school gardens and food strong clee. And they also integrated that into their science classes. So they took a microscope and studied the leaves on one of their plants or studied the soil. Um, But like you said, it's like the fruits of your labor, Um, somebody had said, because the students are growing. They're looking at these food items from – they started from a seed – in dirt and then it grew to be this amazing pepper or cucumber or like the hydroponic lettuce Um, so they want to eat it because they put all this work in to make it and then that's also why farm to school can be a year-round thing because these hydroponic lettuce gardens they can feed you all year round and the potatoes that you guys grow you know it can grow in the uh, winter so very flexible um definitely brings food into the marketplace so
1: and economical too right yeah. i mean if you know if you invest in some of these things which might be a cost but realistically like you can just grow your own lettuce all year round and right. just kind of eat it whenever you want which is kind of exciting
2: yeah. or in the summer the just families can you know start with a few seeds of different things and they could have their own produce at a very low cost instead of going and buying organic at the grocery store right
1: Well, and I think an important point you brought up uh, not too long ago was about the small to medium farms, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of, you know, I was always interested in the economic impact that a program like this has for small and medium-sized farmers because it's got to be substantial for some of them. And especially if they have produce that they're getting rid of because they just can't sell. And if they have another avenue in which to sell that, right? So can you talk a little bit about the impact that something like this has for uh, not only those farmers, but maybe smaller communities and communities where, you know, agriculture is the center of of everything that goes on in that community.
3: Yeah. So um, actually since 2015, Diana, I think you started off, you know, to saying you started in 2015, we've um, Feed Our Future has actually done $1.5 million of local food sales. So that's just going, being filtered back into um, our local economy and that we couldn't have done that without the schools and our partners and everybody's help. Um, but I think on the end of like the farmers, this creates a sense of stability for them. Um, it gives them, like you said, another avenue, another way to put their food towards. Um, I think it's really good planning wise. You know, they can start planning their crops if. They know, okay, these schools are really excited about purchasing from us. They know how to set up. Um, and we also are focusing on socially disadvantaged farms, um, minority-owned farms, um, women-owned businesses, LGBTQ+. Um, so we're really trying to make it a very diverse marketplace um, and give farms a chance that may not have a chance in the big, huge marketplace, you know, big, huge industry. So...
1: Are there more resources for families to kind of find out more about farm to school and, and healthy eating and practices at home? I'm sure the Cuyahoga County Board of Health's website or some other sources have that. But can you give us a yeah. some details on that?
3: Yeah. So um, there's definitely tons of resources for Feed Our Future specifically. You can go to feedourfuture.org. We have tons of recipes and free resources that you can um, print. Like I said, free of charge um, you can also take our pledge and that would mean signing up for a monthly newsletter so you can stay up to date with farm to school and what's happening um, how you can potentially get involved um, so yeah, I think that that's a really good first step and just staying in the know with everything.
1: what about for us do we do we have stuff that that you hand out during the year during farm to school with information that goes home or
2: yes, I usually will go on feed our future website and um, get things like that. Um, I think Dogo's is another, it's a woman-owned business, Mm -hmm, and we do their breakfast bar. It's a nut-free facility down in Canton, and the kids really love it. Uh, We do two different breakfast bars that we bake in-house, and we also bake cookies um, to go on the trays over at the high school and the elementary school as well. Um, But they always have different activity sheets that they'll send over and different recipes for just – Making some desserts with some apples and their sugar cookies. Um so yeah, it's not just the farm, it's the yeah. local businesses yeah. as well. Those food artists. Clean ingredients.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Megan the Dogos is amazing. It's you can get it. You can I think she, she's open Thursday and Fridays down in Canton and you can go and buy the dough. She has pizza dough, cookie, mm-hmm. um dough. Yeah, she, was, she was at one
2: of at our meetings, place. so our SANS meetings, and they were displaying a lot of things. But she has also said that with the schools partnering with her now, like her business has just grown so much, and it's really exciting.
1: I guess the question I was going to ask is give me a little flavor of some of the things that we've you've seen in schools we i mean you said corn before peaches apples right is ohio like kind of we have it all i mean that's kind of the tagline right so
2: yeah we um we've gotten our peppers from there our different types of lettuce tomatoes um cucumbers watermelons we do watermelon a lot for the kids they like that um there's everything. Garlic. If we wanted to add garlic to any of our dishes, we could do that. That's locally grown. We have a whole menu that we can order from.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, carrots. That's a big one in mm-hmm. February because they're very hearty. Um, herbs. Um I'm trying to think they, what else. They have berries. We they have berries, berries and, and syrup, like yeah. syrup, honey. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's really all year round, right? Yeah. I mean, like, because berries are probably in the spring. I mm-hmm. don't really know. That's yeah. just a guess.
3: Summer, July. Okay. Close so enough. Close yeah. enough, right? <laughs> but June, I mean, it's, it's
1: right because the vegetables grow at different rates and they, you know, are ready at different times, right? So yeah. it's kind of something that's celebrated year round, right?
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it can be integrated into summer programs, um, after school programs, really anything. Yeah, farm to school is definitely not just an October thing. It's all year round. Like I said, it's as big or as little as you want to make it. So, um, we order
2: like a lot of berries, you know, every week, every other week. Um, those goes into our yogurt parfait. So, fresh blueberries and fresh yogurt and the Fresh strawberries, blueberries, and the yogurt. They um, And so sometimes if we get an abundance of it, the high school, they will just freeze that. So then they can pull out as they need it. So the product doesn't go bad, but we also still have fresh.
1: So I guess my question is, if I was a school mm-hmm. uh, and I wanted to become involved and, and feed our future, how would I go about doing that?
3: Um, I would say first um, take the pledge Um Make sure you're getting our newsletters because that's where you'll find a bunch of our information. And then just contact us. Um, our email is future at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook, OhioFeedOurFuture. Um, we post a lot of uh, relevant information on there too. So those are both two really good resources to find out more, um, reach out, and connect with us.
1: I mean, I guess the other thing I was going to ask, too, is it, it seems like over the years there's been certainly a lot more talk and discussion mm-hmm. about Farm to School and, and Feed Our Future, right? Have, do you feel like that's the same way given the roles that you have? I mean, uh, I've, I've been in education now for over 15 years, and 15 years ago I don't really remember ever talking about Farm to School Month or any of these other things. But um, it's, it's great to talk about, and it's a conversation that seems like it's picking up steam every single year.
3: Yeah, Um, I mean, I'm very new in this position. So being on this side of it, it's all very new to me. Um, But just thinking back to when I was in elementary, middle and high school, we I don't even think there was a thought about providing local fresh food on the menu. I I just remember having like, you know, just all the other food that I was like, oh, you know, I don't really want to eat this. This doesn't taste good to me. So seeing the push for that um, is awesome. I think that it's more at the forefront of things and people are realizing how important it is and how important shaping a child's behavior is at a younger age Um, it's really hard to change a behavior rather than start one so um, just seeing the differences from like when I went to school is crazy it's amazing Um, so I can't wait to see where we are you know five years from now sure for sure
2: Well, when I started here 12 years ago, we did a lot of canned vegetables, Mm -hmm. like nothing. And when I went to a conference and met Floyd from Red Basket, like just the light bulb went off. I was like, this is what I want. This is what I've always wanted. And will you deliver an hour away? And he's absolutely. And we just had a really great connection. And. His produce was amazing, and the kids got excited, and we started putting on our salad bar. And, um, yeah, it's just so important to start kids at a young age, um, taste testing and things like that, and seeing them get excited about everything.
3: Well, and when you see the passion that, like, Floyd had, it's like, how can I not be passionate about this? How can I not be excited when it's most of the time cheaper? It's better quality. It's just – Better for you. Um, And then, you know, other schools, school districts, and food service directors and other people see this and they're like, I want to be excited about this. So I feel like it's almost a domino effect. For sure. You see one person, you're like, oh my gosh, I want to do this now. And um, I think that's also why we're seeing it a lot more too, because we see that it works and we see that how excited people get about it. So
2: and I didn't think we back then knew how we could actually get farmers on the bids to be able to serve it in school. Right. But we were able to. So mm-hmm. now it's a big thing and the state loves it and mm-hmm. you know they're really pushing for it so now everybody wants to do it and it's it's exciting and it's helping the farmers and supporting their business and it's a great opportunity.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean it's it's very much like a uh, kind of a buzzworthy thing, right? I mean, how many restaurants now, just in Cleveland area alone, are tout farm to school and or not, it's not farm to school, farm to table mm-hmm. and, and those kind of practices, right? I mean, it's it's a draw for many people to it's, to know where their food is coming from and and how important that is to to get those fresh uh, items, you know, from the farm straight to the straight to the restaurant, kind of right there, right? I mean, it's it's very. I mean, Every rest there's a, I, I, the, the restaurant near my town is that they, it's a farm to, that is, that is their deal, farm to table. That's, I think, the name of the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And they'll put, usually they'll put the name of the farm on their menu. Mm-hmm. And so that is a whole nother buzz. Cause then they're like, you got this there. Oh, I know that farm. And then they want to go there and they want to purchase and even meats, um, gibbs butcher block in columbia station like he has his fresh meats and things like that and he also has a restaurant so people are like i can get this chicken or i can get the sausage right down the road so it Mm -hmm. creates a big buzz of local and uh we also use terry thompson with the pizza Mm -hmm. bagels she's on the local as well
3: yeah and that to your point about the meats that's another big thing is it's not only produce i mean You know, we've kind of gotten that idea throughout this whole podcast. But um, yeah, it's not only the fruits and vegetables, there's the pizza bagels, the breakfast bars, the ground beef, you know. So, and the big thing now
2: is a lot of schools are wanting, like, out, they're trying to get this bid on purchasing a cow Mm -hmm. and having that meat. So, that's now the big buzz of how these schools are going to be able to do that. Interesting. Yeah. Because it's something I would love to do as well, like to yeah. support, you know, the farmers as well.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Allison, Diana, thanks so much for joining me today. I, I think it's awesome. I think it's a really neat experience for kids, especially the educational aspect of it. Uh, like you said, a lot of things have changed when I was a kid. We didn't talk about gardening in school. I mean, outside of like biology class or, you know, something like that. So it's it's neat that... Kids kind of have these experiences and get to, and if you don't get to eat pineapple or things like that and, and local produce that, uh, not that pineapple, I don't think's grown in Ohio, at least in my knowledge. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's just really neat and I appreciate the time today. Yeah. So yeah. thanks we'll so be much for having yeah. us. Yeah. 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 And, uh, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Fairview Advantage podcast. And we look forward to having you join us on our next episode. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Fairview Advantage podcast. If you have something you'd like to hear on a future episode, submit your idea at fairviewparkschools.org forward slash podcast. We look forward to connecting with you in future episodes of the Fairview Advantage podcast. Until then, go Warriors!